Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Thank you, Father. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God of heaven. God, we we need you to show up. We need you to show up in our in our lives. We need a God who is invincible in battle. We want a general to show up who hasn't been defeated before. We want a we want a king to show up who's never been defeated on the battlefield. That's you. That's you, King Jesus. That's you, King Jesus. Come, take your place. Come and take your place here. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking to us all through these next few minutes. Let your spirit blow through our lives. Let your seed be dropped into our hearts and our minds. God, let what we receive right now, we want to take it. We want to water it. We want it to grow and we want it to affect this world. God, we don't want to be the same. We don't want our world to be the same. We need you. Our world needs you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, King of glory. Come, King of glory. King of glory. Come, King of glory. Come, King of glory. Come, we're opening up our gates. We're opening up our gates. Come, King of glory. Come, King of glory. The Lord, invincible in battle. The Lord, strong and mighty. Do you need a strong and mighty King? You have one. Come. Come, King of glory. Open up the gates so the King of glory may come in. God, we open up to you today. Right now, I open up my life. I open up my mind. I open up my heart, my ears, my eyes, everything that I need to open. I open it to you. I want to hear what you have to say, Father. I want not just here, I want you to be with me. Come, come, Father. Reside in this place. Right out. Grab your seats. Amen. Right out. Right out. No, not going to do it. Here, you can open this up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, David. Oh, good job. All right. All right. Well, we're back. Thank you. Thank you for coming out here. Thank you for being here. My brothers and my sisters here. Pastor Stephen has to drive all the way around, all the way back up here. But it's worth it. Thank you for what you shared. The pastor of pastors, the baron of baked custard. This man can cook. Yeah, I, I baked the custard. I killed it. You said you can't kill it. I did. I killed it. Uh, but that's okay. That's another story. We're going to start with a story right now. <laughs> I just wanted to, for some reason, I sounded like Tim Hall in my head. You didn't hear it the same way. That's okay. That's all right. That's good. Oh, I need a drink. Okay. All right. So let's start with a joke because I'm a funny guy. Um, so a guy, a guy went skydiving for the first time, right? And his instructor said, it's easy, it's, it's so easy, it's easy. Put on this pack, just count, when you jump out, count to five, pull the ripcord. If that doesn't work, count to ten, pull the back up. And then it's just, just so easy, then you just float, just float down to earth, and the bus will come and pick you up, take you back to the airport. Easy, easy, done. So the guy gets in the plane, jumps out. 
Counts to five. Nothing. Counts to ten. Nothing. And he looks down at the ground, which is now fastly approaching him, and he says, oh, man, I bet you the bus isn't going to be there to pick me up and take me back. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Killed it. Killed it. That's like the paratrooper was talking to his sergeant, and he said, what do I do if my parachute doesn't open? The sergeant says, it's fine. Just bring it back. We'll give you another one. <laughs> okay, okay. What should you do? What should you do when you're attacked by a group of clowns? Go for the juggler. <laughs> oh, I was just laughing last night. Got straight. Thank you, thank you for the team for laughing. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, there's not much happening out here. Everyone's going, and like to the back there, they're like, this guy's not funny at all. I don't know what you're talking about. So let's get to the Word of God. Acts chapter 16. Acts of the Apostles, this is. Acts of the Apostles. This is Paul. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't finished. Still going. We're in the early church. (laughs) If you think I'm drinking a lot, just wait. Okay, so we're going to read... Acts chapter 16, this is verses 9 to 34. I've been reading through this over and over and over. And um, I've been, it's just astounded how the Word of God continues to reveal new stuff to me. The translation I'm reading from is the New Living Translation. I hope you're getting something from the Bible when you read it. Because open up ancient gates. Open up. Um, if you want to, if you want to get something out of God's word, read it. If you if you think it's nothing's happening, just keep reading it. Uh, something about knocking and keeping on knocking. Doesn't that say in the Bible? Keep on knocking. If you think, oh, I don't have time for it. What was time? It's the force that brings transformation. So let's start from verse nine. That night, Paul had a vision. Just before that, he's, he's traveling around and he went to go to one place and, and the spirit of Jesus said, no, don't go there. So he stopped for a bit and had a vision. Here we go. A man from Macedonia in, in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. It's a pretty definitive dream or vision that he's having. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you needed a backup word for that one. Come and help us. So we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island. So this is where he's going. It's actually to Europe. He's actually making the first steps into Europe. Um, Instead of just being where he was through the Middle East and Asia and all that, he's going to Europe. So from there we reached Philippi, a major city in the district of Macedonia. It's a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. Oh, by the way, we. It's talking about we in there. Does anyone know who wrote the book of Acts? Luke, yeah, Luke. So there's Paul and Silas here, and Luke. Luke's kicking around with these guys as well. So when he's saying the we, this is, this is Luke in there as well. I just thought that was really cool. He's using his pronouns, we. Um, so Paul, Silas, and Luke. Now on the Sabbath, they went a little way outside the city to a riverbank. This is where we thought people would be meeting for prayer because it was the culture and the custom for Jews when they went. If they weren't meeting in temple, then they would go somewhere where the water is flowing. 
just thought that was interesting. I read up on that. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. Now, one of them was called Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, ooh, who worshipped God. And she listened to us. She listened to us. And the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. This is the word of Jesus. This is the good news, the gospel of Jesus, right? So she's a Jew. She's been following God. She's a Hebrew, following God, now accepts Jesus. See, she and her whole household was baptized. I love how God just doesn't leave it with you. It always affects more than one person. And she asked us to be a guest. And she says, if you agree that I'm a true believer of the Lord, basically, I'm, I believe God. Come and stay with me. And she urged us until we agreed. So verse 16. Now, one day as we were going down, Luke's there again, going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl, some say a slave woman, who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these are the servants of the Most High God. And they have come here to tell you how to be saved. Interesting. Most high God was this phrase she used there. Now that's, I had a read through and the only time I can see when the most high God is used is when demons were speaking out of people. This is a servant of the most high God. Uh, most high God, like it says that a couple of times. Anyway, you just have to trust me or if you find anything different, you can come and tell me later. And that's absolutely fine. But this is, it's just interesting that the, the demonic influence is speaking this out. Um, these guys, this girl... Uh, they would often call them uh, Pythos, which is after Apollo's Pythias, I think it's actually pronounced, which is a Greek mythology, but talking about um, foretellers of the future. Now, these guys would often be controlled. They couldn't tell what they were saying. Sorry, they couldn't control what they were saying. It would just come out of them. Or they say they were influenced by Apollo. Um, this controlled. They were controlled. They didn't have, have any control. I think I've said that enough. Okay, so um, uh, they spoke involuntarily and the term ventriloquist was often used to describe them. Let me say that a little bit slower. Ventriloquist was used to, to describe them. Um, so there was truth about in her speech. There was truth with what she was saying. These men are servants of the Most High God and they've come here to tell you how to be saved. But the purpose wasn't righteous and it wasn't to lead people to Jesus. It was actually, I think it's, it's the... The influence in her trying to get fame for itself, but also to try and distract people away and try and attach itself to, to what God was doing. And then those people would be like, oh, well, are these, who are these guys again? Sort of it waters it down. And after a little while, so we're going to jump in at verse 18. This went on day after day until Paul was so exasperated. He was so incensed. He was so fuming. He was frustrated um, that he turned and said to the demon within her, not to the girl who's speaking to the demon within her. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. I think this is cool that the authority, authority and power spoke through one who was yielded to it. So Paul was surrendered to God. And so authority and power spoke through him to the one who was controlled. The one who was controlling this person and said, get out. And it had to get out because this is the authority we're talking about here. Yeah, you've got authority to speak into your life and into the lives of those around you. You have authority. If you follow Jesus, if you say Jesus is the Son of God and I follow you, I don't know why I'm looking up here. He's there. No, he's in here. He's in us. You have authority to speak into your life. You have authority to speak into the atmosphere. I read one um, translation of, of talking about when Jesus 
ascended to the throne um, and, and dealt with all of sin. So he gave his sacrifice, which was enough for all, for everyone, for everything we could ever do of all of creation ever, 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 f- from ever to ever. That was enough for everything. And then he, and, and he sat down once all the whispering of the enemy had ceased. Whispering. I just thought that's cool that it's whispering compared to Jesus speaking. And we had that voice to speak into our life, into the atmosphere around us. So, in verse 19, her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. Oh, no. So the guys who were controlling this girl, thinking they were controlling, were now upset. And probably influenced by the same kind of person that was inside. The same thing that was inside of them is now inside them. It's upset. And so they then grabbed the authorities. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. I think Luke was offered a street vendor getting some churros right there. He missed that one. He wasn't there for that. I thought that's funny. Luke is gone. <laughs> what happened, Luke? Okay. Uh, so the whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. This is what these guys are saying and shouting to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Convenient that it now the narrative works for them. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. Oh, no good deed goes unpunished, huh? The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. These guys hadn't done anything wrong. They were just declaring God's word and, and by the way, setting people free, setting this girl free. They were just bringing freedom into the place. But there is something in the atmosphere that doesn't want that freedom in your life. There is something in the atmosphere there that didn't want them speaking. But there was a purpose to what was happening in their lives. God used this and brought a purpose out through it. I love it. There's, there's three main characters in this story who get saved. There's, there's Lydia, we've already seen. There's the girl, the servant girl. She's been saved as well. Mm. So verse 25. I'm going to tell you this, this story, okay? So you come in with me through this journey, through this. You, this is good because... God speaking to you. I'm just thinking of time because just forget it. Forget it. Don't worry about time. It's the transformation of things and I'm bringing transformation through this word. So let's go to verse 25. Around midnight, around the middle of the night, Paul and Silas were, not Luke, he wasn't there. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Hmm. I wonder if it was all through the night they were singing and and praying. I wonder, some pretty rough stuff had happened to these guys. Um, in, the, in the Hebrew law, when you, were, when you were punished, they had a limit on the amount of beatings that you would take. This is Roman territory. Um, there's no limit. So these guys were beaten badly with rods. Uh, yeah, I was reading up on it. It's not pretty. And, and where they were put, the stocks they were put into weren't just like normal stocks. The, they were actually, the legs were stretched out. They were locked in a place. And it was, it was a torture device they were in. So these guys are now seen. I'm sure there would have been a point where they were like, what is happening? Paul, did we really have to come down here? Paul's like, yeah, yeah, we did. But this is, this is rough. Where the heck is Luke? <laughs> <laughs> I 
But I wonder if there was some complaints that had happened there. Have you ever had stuff happen to you? And, and we all do. We all complain, don't we? We all do complain. It comes out of us at times. Oh, no? I think there's some people who don't. It's good. That's good. Excellent. You can come and pray for me later. But we are talking, we, you, I, all of humanity, sometimes we will unconsciously, unintentionally go to complaining. But we're not to feel judged by that because it's kind of what we do. It's humanity. If you read through any of the Old Testament, that's what they did. Uh, 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 and you're like, why are you complaining so much? Have you listened to yourself sometimes? <laughs> talking to me, talking to me. Not you guys. So it's what we do. It's usual when problems hit to find yourself complaining to those around you and to the problem, your view of the problem and how it affects you. But where do those complaints take you? More importantly, where do you take those complaints? It is unusual when problems hit to find yourself instinctively speaking God's praises. What his victory looks like in this situation. Not the problem that I'm facing, but what, what does God's kingdom look like in this place here? What, what's, what's really happening and what can I, what does the word of God say about me and about what he's going to do and whether God is for me or against me? What, what does the word of God say? Hmm. It's, it's unusual. Without us consciously and intentionally making praise a part of our solution to the problem, you're going to be stuck and most likely stuck in that torture position, right? These guys were stuck physically in a torture position, but, but they had decided, they had decided to start making declarations over what was going on. Does that seem difficult? Yes. I'm sure that this was an intentional, conscious decision of Paul and Silas to say they didn't have a meeting, they didn't take vote. It doesn't say anything about that. Maybe they did, but, but maybe they just said to each other, you know, we've got to just, God is good. Wait a second, God is good. You know what? If this is the end of us, it's been a good run. Let's, let's Paul. Tell us, tell us a bit about what God's Word says about this. You're, you're a scholar of scholars. You're a, you're a Pharisee of Pharisees. Let's, let's hear it. So Paul starts to open up Scripture, and they start praising God and start saying, God, you are good. No matter what is going on in my body or in this place or in the situation that I've found in, I am going to choose consciously and intentionally to declare God's praises in this moment. I'm going to speak the good things of God right now. No matter what is going on in here, in here or in any, 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 anything, I am deciding to praise God. I am deciding to put God in that place right here. Number one, you know, clear off the number one shelf and put God right there. Because something else could be there. And it's, if it's not God, it's not good. We need God in that number one place. So we put him there consciously because if you don't, you're stuck. And if you're stuck, we're stuck. And if we're stuck, they're stuck. Because people don't really pay attention when you follow the crowd. 
But when they gave God their highest praise, when they gave God what they could give him from their darkest place, from, from locked in chains, beaten with rods, opposed, you know, um, unjustly locked up. I, this is not my fault. I'm only helping people and you're now, I'm accused, I'm, you know, judged, executioner, kind of everything put upon me. Like, that's it. I'm done. They gave him their highest praise, God, their highest praise that they could from that darkest place. Let's read verse 25 again. So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Please be aware that other people are listening to what you say. How are we representing the kingdom of God by what we say? How am I representing the kingdom of God by my complaining to people around me? Now, I'm not saying we can't be real. Please, I'm not saying that. We can be real. But what is the voice that is being spoken mostly in our lives? What are we... Sorry, Lily. Lily, I'm not just looking at you. I'm just looking at you a lot there and you're like, what are you looking at me for? No. um, What is... What is the voice that's being spoken around us? What are we declaring in our lives? Have you ever, over these last few years, just found yourself going to a complaint mode? Yes, I have. I think now we need to we need to break out of that because people are listening to what you have to say. Mm. Sorry, they will be listening to what you have to say even more when you are declaring God's praise. When you are declaring. It doesn't have to, oh, praise God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about declaring truth and declaring Jesus and God's gospel, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of peace, the gospel of hope, the gospel of truth. That's what we're talking about here. It's okay. I know it seems difficult. But you know what? You've got it in you. You've got it in you. Say, I've got it in me. I've got it in me. Some of you aren't convinced. That's okay. Let's look at 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In you. In you. In you. Greater is he that is in you. In you. So in Romans 8, Romans 8, if you want to read a good scripture, a good, a good writer of scriptures, Romans 8, it says, yet we suffer. What we suffer now, this is 18 and 19, sorry, Jesse. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. This is nothing. I don't even know why I got that scripture. It sounds great though. Christian, what am I doing? Did I get, what was it? Did you just change it? Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead. Okay. Oh, so if the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, greater is he that is in me. Spirit of God lives in me that raised Christ from the dead is in me, is in you. Say, I've got it in me. I've got it in me. Mm. Romans 8.31. If God is... Okay. If God is... Who can be... You've got it in you. You've got it in you. Romans 8. 36 and 37, for your sake, oh, we face death all, death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Sounds like a negative statement. He's talking about when he's in the stock. This, this is kind of our reality sometimes that we're going to be facing 
things that are difficult and hard and whatever. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors in Him who loves us. We are more than conqueror. You have God in you. You have the Spirit of God in you. It's time to let it out. It's time to let it out. Verse 26. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flung open and the chains of every prison have fallen off. Wait a second. Wait a second. You can have an earthquake and, and, and the foundations are broken. The doors fling open. How did the chains fall off? How did the shackles fall off? This is a move of God. This is God making a difference. Am I excited by this? Absolutely, because I see that there is a way out. There is a way out of this position here. There is a way out of our darkest, deepest places. When we speak out God's Word, the greater is He that's in me than it's in in anything that's going on here. God, you will have the glory in this situation. You are going to bring this around. Hmm. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. Seems a little extreme, but he was tasked with keeping these guys in there. So if, if his prisoners escaped, his life was forfeit anyway. So he said, I'm going to avoid all that badness and just get it done with right now. The jailer woke up. He'd just woken up. He didn't hear any of the praises. He didn't hear what was declared, whether it was right close to him or not. I don't know how far he was away. He didn't hear the earth. He just woke up. He doesn't know the full picture, but he knows that his world had just exploded. But Paul shouted to him, verse 28, Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights. I don't need my keyboard right now, thank you. Uh, The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Here is a juxtaposition. This is the act or an instant of placing two or more things side by side, often to compare or contrast or to create an interesting effect. That's the definition of juxtaposition. Who in this picture needs to be saved? Why didn't Paul or Silas leave? We don't know how big a time frame had happened between this earthquake and everything being breaking off and then the jailer waking up and coming down. We don't know how long this is. Probably fairly quickly. At any rate, it doesn't take me long to stand up and run. <laughs> Why didn't they get out of prison? I don't know. I can't answer that question other than the fact that they felt that there was more for them to do while they were there, who knows? They may have been ministering to the other prisoners around them. We don't know what happened to those prisoners, but they were listening to the praise that these guys were given to Yahweh, the Most High God. And then something insane happens. The gates open, but they were still all there. All, this, all the prisoners were still there. None of them left. This is amazing because they didn't need to be saved. Actually, they needed to be saved. And they were being saved. This guy needed salvation more than they needed to be out of that jail. You don't need to leave your place. You don't need to be, you don't always need to be dragged out of where you are. You don't need to run. You don't need to hide. You don't need to flee. You need to start declaring God's declaration in His Word of God over your situation and over your family, over your workplace, over your school. Because they're the ones who need to be saved. 
you already are saved. Whether you die or lived, you are saved. Come on. I've got it in me. I've got it in me. Have you got it in you? I've got it in me. Verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, along with everyone in your household. (laughs) They shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. He took care of them. Then he and everyone in his household were baptized. And they brought them into the house and set a meal before him. So, and the story goes on after that. Um, They were wrongly accused. They were actually citizens of Rome. The guys who put him there found out and they said, we're sorry. And that's an amazing story, what happens after. But I'm focused on these three, these three events. Lydia, the servant girl, the jailer. Lydia was brought to Jesus through conversations they had with him. So Paul and Silas were discussing God, telling the gospel and relating it to her knowledge of who God was. Do you know that Jesus is actually the fulfillment? He's the Messiah. He's the one who we've been waiting for. Her eyes were open and she accepted Jesus. The servant girl. You know, stuck, just controlled. Can you imagine the life that you would lead when, when you can't control what you speak, what you say? I'm sure there was far worse things that had gone on in her life. But she she was trapped. And not only that, she was taken advantage of. People were making money out of her. I don't think she saw that money. (laughs) She was a slave girl. A slave, not just to her masters, but to this demon that was, was controlling her. Controlling her mind. An oppression in her mind. A force that she could not control that was controlling her mind. Does it sound like some of the stuff that's happening these days? People, depression. Stuck in a prison inside your own head. Can't share what it is I'm going through can't I'm isolated I'm I'm locked away I can't I can't you know depression is is isolating you it wasn't until Paul came and spoke with authority and told that spirit to go and it left (laughs) it left it left does that sound good to you? It, if, if you've been in a dark place in your mind and you can't control what's coming out of your mouth or the thoughts that are running around, imagine someone coming and saying, stop, go. And it's gone. That sounds pretty good to me. We have that authority to speak into our own mind because this is the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus' body from the dead. He can now make my mind right. God, God Almighty, I'm speaking to my mind. I'm speaking to your mind right now in Jesus' name. Depression, I don't, I don't want to see you anymore in my world. I don't want to see depression anymore in this world. I don't want to see it. In Jesus' name, stop. In Jesus' name, go. Leave. And I'm not wishing that that's going to happen. I'm believing that that's going to happen because I have the authority. You have the authority. I've got it in me. I've got it in me. And then the jailer, through an act of power, God's power, shaking the prisons, shaking it free. I see some people's lives that are only 
only get changed when things are shaken. But God's power could come through and restore everything. Father, would you restore our world? Come in your power. Come in your, in, in your way, God. Have your way. Let your kingdom come in Muldura, in Sunraysia, in our region. Come, Father, come. Come. I've got it in me. I've got it in me. All right. All right. So we're going to finish in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Who here has had God speak in authority in their life and change things with His authority? It's okay if you don't put it in your hand. That's okay. Please, sorry. Yeah, you put your hands down, everyone. Um, I wanted to phrase that, that when I ask these questions, if you don't put your hand up, please, there is no judgment. In fact, Romans starts off with that. Romans 8, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because... I want to activate the body of Christ right now, okay? And that's what Jesus wants to do as well. He wants His body activated. So who has seen God's authority? When they've spoken, they have seen God's authority move. Who's seen that? Look around you, everyone. See the hands that are raised. All right, put your hands down. Who has seen God's power in their life transform either their life or those around them? Put your hand up. All right. That's pretty much everyone, but that's okay. There are those who didn't because the, the exercise I want to do now, if you saw a hand raised in one of those things where you need God's authority spoken in your life, we're going to stand in a moment. I want you to go to one of those people and say, pray for me. Pray that I would have God's authority in my life like I haven't before, like you've experienced. Or if someone put their hand up and they've seen God's power where people have been saved, miraculously healed, whatever, go to that person. Who's seen miracles? Who's prayed and had miracles happen? If you want that, go and pray. Let's, can we all stand? Can we all stand if you can? <laughs> so left hand if, if it's authority, right hand if it's power, two hands if it's both. If you want what they've got, go and get prayed for right now. If you want the authority of God, what I've been speaking on is not a wishy-washy gospel. This is authority and this is power. This is where God resides in His kingdom. If you want that, come and get prayed for it now. I don't want you to wait. Please don't wait. If you want authority to speak over your mind and to have things changed, come and get prayed for now. If you just want to come down the front and get prayed for, I'll have those guys come and speak to you. Come now. Come now. No, seriously, come now. Come now. If you want power to change your body for healing, come now. Come now. Come on, you know you want it. Come on, you know you want it. You know you need change in your life and you need it right now. It's burning, it's burning, but you're too ashamed to make a step. Make a step right now. There is no condemnation. There is none. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au